The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes. As always, an honest, open, frank conversation about gambling addiction. Happy to have with me today, Sean, who's out in Michigan, uh, like myself, a gambler in recovery. Sean, good morning. Really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today. Hey, it's my pleasure, brother. How are you doing? Doing good. So when was your last wager? Uh, last wager was 4-11 of 22. All right, so uh, you made it a year. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been hard, um, but uh, you know, no, you know, no lie there. But uh, it's definitely been uh, been an eye opener, and you know, it's about time I can get some you know relief from the you know with the recovery going on. So I love it. All right, so let's hear your story. Uh, how old were you when you first got exposed to gambling and uh, first realized what gambling was all about? Yeah, I was maybe like six or seven years old, and my uh, my aunt Janet, she uh, she used to throw card parties and stuff like that, and every time family would get together, you know, it was always, hey, let's play poker, nickel, dime, quarter. Right. Um, on my, you know, when I was seven, uh, that was, yeah, it's about seven, um, you know, I got birthday money, and I got a $5 bill from my uncle, and I remember her going, oh, just give me your $5, I'll make change for you, and I'll teach you how to play poker. And it, uh, you know, we, we'd play, you know, five card, uh, seven card, different kinds of just, you know, small games here and there, go, you know, the fish games and yep. and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, at that dad knew, you know, obviously it was innocent. My parents didn't think anything of it. My aunt didn't think anything of it. You know, just, hey, you know, exposing them to play cards. If you're, you know, if you're in our family, you know, you're, you're, you're a card player. So that's where it all, you know, that's where it all originated from. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This, it's almost, you know, times have changed a lot, obviously, right? But. The reality is that they're for young men. I mean, I listen, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, but there was a rite of passage of learning how to play cards. You know, your dad played, your uncle played for you, your aunt played, whomever it might have been, where card playing was a regular weekly activity in a lot of people's houses. You know, my dad was in a card game. Uh, we had card games in high school and all that. And no one's thinking at that time or at any time, oh, this is going to lead to something really, really bad. It was the exact opposite. This was something social and this was something that allowed me to connect to other people both in my family and then as you got older i'm sure with buddies who also had similar experiences yeah absolutely um you know and i have um you know, over the years, you know, you know, obviously, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, I was teaching neighborhood kids how to play poker. Right, you were the cool kid. Taught me. Right. So, you know, I was I was able to, uh, you know, get them in, sucker them in, and, you know, we'd play. And, you know, sometimes I'd win, sometimes I'd lose. But it was the thrill of the chase. And, you know, that's that's what really got me hooked. And I didn't even realize it at the time. You know, I was, I'm just a kid and, you know, just playing around. Yeah, man, I play poker. This is fun. And, you know, never thinking, you know, 30 years later, because I'm like you, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And it was, it was a totally different time, you know, where that's, you know, that's what you did as families. You get together, you play poker, you know. You'd, you'd play cards, you'd, you know, and then it started, to, you know, then it started to infiltrate into other areas of my life where, you know, people would be like, hey, I bet you this sandwich or I bet you that or, you know, I bet you, you know, this or that and, and, and whatever, you know, um, you know, the next car to come down the street is going to be purple. No, right. it's going to be green, you know, uh, stupid stuff like that. Um, so it just it just snowballed from there. And again, not even realizing that, you know, I, I even had an addiction at that point. Right. So when, when you do look back on your life with, you know, the clarity that you have now 
how old were you where you can now say, you know what, I was probably gambling, you know, before it became a full-on, you know, problem, I was probably gambling a little too often or thinking about it a little too much. What age were you when that, you know, started to happen? Uh, that was probably about 18 or 19. And I remember, you know, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and, um, you know, a buddy of mine introduced me to the casinos in Detroit because they didn't have casinos in Toledo at the time. And so he's like, hey, let's go to the casino in Detroit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 18. Shoot, let's go. Right. And we went. I took 100 bucks with me, and I, I thought that was a lot of money. You know, this is back in the day. Yeah. We're talking like, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And, you know, just bring your ID with you. You can get in, and we can, we, you know, we can, we can go play, yada, yada, yada. That was my first real experience, you know. Um, and people go, well, what's, you know, what, you know, what, what's, what's a casino like? And I'm like, well, it's just like, it's just, there are a bunch of video games. It's kind of like going to an arcade, but there's money that you can actually win on these things. And, um, so we did that when I was 18 or 19. And I just remember at that point I got hooked on it because I had won like 150 bucks. And I was like, man, I was big styling, big, pimp, sure. you know, thinking I'm all cool and everything. And, um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, we, we did that maybe like, you know, three times that year. And then, uh, the next year, it, you know, it increased to, we, we'd go even more, you know, we were going like every month and then it was like every other week. And, you know, it was, uh, and again, it just, it just reeled you in slowly, but surely, and not even thinking about it, you know, it's just, it's just, that's, that's how, that's how, you know, that's how the, the addiction, you know, really gets you. And, you know, from there, then, you know, I would, um, you know, I would bet on other things too. I would do some sports betting and, um, you know, I would do, you know, bet on, you know, uh, just anything really, you know, if, if there's, if there's something coming up, you know, I'd, I'd grab a 20, you know, 10 or 20 and go, Hey, I, you know, and then, and then the lottery ticket started and then, you know, the scratch offs, you know, when those were, you know, those were out in back in the day, you know, I, I, would, I would pick up like five bucks that, you know, I'd go to the store to get, you know, go to the gas station, get gas and pick up a $5 scratch off ticket or pick up a mega millions or a Powerball ticket. Right. Right. And, and was it was the idea that you were chasing the action or was it something else? Uh, I was well, it was chasing action, but it was part of it. But I, I guess another big part of it uh, for me was uh, just the chance, just knowing I have, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the inside circuit now. I'm not standing on the outside of the circle. I'm on the inside of the circle. And I now have a physical chance to win all of this money that's going to totally change my life. And I'm going to have everything that I've ever wanted, you know? Now, so are you one of these guys, because I've met a lot of gamblers that, you know, would tell, tell the stories that every time they walked into a casino or, you know, a place to gamble or I guess even scratch-offs and lottery, that it was always the thought process I'm going to win. There was never the process of, all right, I might lose my money here. Hey, you know, it's tough to win. It was always, there's no doubt I'm winning today. Yeah, that was, that's the way it was for me for probably like the first 10 or 12 years that I was gambling. Um, that I'm going to hit something. I'm going to hit something. Right. And then every time I would lose, I would feel real shameful. And, you know, then I'd go home and my parents were like, so did you win or lose? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't win. You know, right. and I'd hang my head and, you know, well, you know, how much did you, how much did you bet? I, of course, I was never honest about how much I bet. Well, lying comes you know? with the addiction, right? I, whether you, you win a lot or lose a lot, you get to a place, at least speaking for myself, where the lie is, is uh, as big a part of the addiction as anything. I wouldn't tell you how much I won to the actual number, and I wouldn't tell you how much I lost to the actual number. And, and I've told this story before, you know, uh, you know, there were weekends where I won millions of dollars. And would have told people in my family, you know, I won ten grand. And there were weekends yeah. where I might have lost half a million bucks, and I would have told you I lost five grand. Um, and I don't know why. Outside of 
the amount for me it was the amounts of money were so outrageous. I didn't want anybody to know that I was wagering those types of funds because it just defied anything rational or logical. So even when I won, I lied about how much I won. You know, a lot of gamblers only tell you about when they win, and they'll tell you to the number. I won a thousand bucks. I won ten grand. I won whatever the number is is irrelevant. But they would only tell you what they won, and they would tell you to the number. I would have lied to you regarding wins and losses. <laughs> I didn't want you to know. Okay. Yeah, see, that was a little bit opposite of that because I would tell you, now, if I lost money, if I lost, like, 500 bucks, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down a little bit. I, right. you know, I would never give it the amount. Um, but when I won big jackpots and, you know, and I went and people go, man, you're so lucky every time you go to the casino or every time you're betting, you're always winning. You're always winning because that's the only side of that I was portraying sure. that sure. I was always a winner. Yep. No, I know that well. So walk me through uh, how old you were when, you know, the proverbial poop hit the fan – um, before you get to, like, you know, the bottom of the barrel moment for you that led you to get help, give us an idea of, of what life was like for you gambling. Like, if you went to a casino, how long would you stay there? How long would a run go for? And how kind of all-encompassing gambling was for you? All right, yeah, fair, fair question there. Um, it was probably about six or seven years ago. Let's go back six or seven years. And um, I was in a, uh, I was working in radio uh, in a radio market that did not have a casino near it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about an hour drive. And I'm like, I'm not driving an hour to go to the casino. So there, then at that point, I did some online gambling. Didn't really, eh, I didn't, didn't really get into that. Thank God that didn't hook me. Um, you know, I'd rather be in front of a slot machine or, you know, at a physical table playing right. with other people in person. So um, I, I started to see my wife saw this years ago i mean you know we've been together we've been married 18 years been together 23 years and she started seeing this years ago going you have a problem when i lived in uh when i lived in uh, charleston uh i'm not gonna say the state but they had a they had a nice casino there and i was uh i remember i was um i was there all the time and you know, I didn't make a ton of money. I was, you know, that for the 2002, 2003, I was making like, I don't know, 20 some grand, you know, 25 grand a year right. or whatever. And my wife was making about the same. And back in those days, so, you know, it was, we weren't making a lot. We were just, you know, we were barely scraping by. Well, then fancy me, stupid, you know, you know, at the time I thought I was being smart. You know, I'd start putting stuff on credit cards. So my wife wouldn't see the money coming out of the, the account. Not, you know, and me not thinking, oh, yeah, I got to pay this back with interest and this is going to pile up real quick. And I got into some trouble there. And she's like, you got you have a gambling problem. And I kept denying it. No, I don't. But I can stop, you know, you know, and I always told people that I can stop whenever I want, which is a lie because I can't. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm the one percent like you are, you know, we, you know, we were the one percent of people out there. Ninety nine percent of people can walk into a casino and they'd be fine. You know, they could take 20, 30, 40, 50 or even 100 bucks, lose it and be like, OK, I'm done. And, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm out a hundred bucks. Crap. Now what do I do? I can't go home because I don't want to go home. I want to keep playing. Right. And right. so for me, so for me, that's, that, that was, that was, you know, and it, it, you know, as we got into the two thousands and I was, I was uh, putting money on credit cards. Um, that was, that was, that's what did it for me was I was like, I just want to, I just want to play. You know, and, you know, I didn't I didn't care how long I was at a casino for. I would I would always every single time I'd always gamble. I'd tell my wife, I'll be home at three o'clock and four thirty come by five o'clock would come by. She knew I was at the casino. A few times she had to come drag me out of the casino and go get your butt home. You're right. done. Uh, the reality and, is that you did care how much how long you gambled. You wanted to gamble forever. You didn't, you didn't want to leave. Um, we're going to continue on your story in just one second. 
And we'll also get to the, the good stuff, which is recovery in just one moment. Talking to Sean in uh, Michigan. This is Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Happy to have Sean on the line from Michigan, a gambling recovery. Sean, when we left off there before the break, you acknowledge that you know the gambling is getting out of hand. You're spending hours and hours and hours at a casino. You're putting uh, you know debt on credit cards. You can't pay the credit cards off. And then at some point, I have to imagine whether it's your wife or another loved one, you have the proverbial you know come to Jesus moment, the bottom of the barrel moment. What was it for you that led you to finally decide to get help? Well, let me uh, let me back it up for just a second here because I found out by by attending. Uh, you know, uh, Gamblers Anonymous is that I was able to finally figure out myself and go, wait a minute, I am a binge gambler. So I didn't have to go to the casino. You know, then we're talking, we're talking, you know, four or five years ago, you know, I didn't have to go to the casino to, you know, all the time. I, you know, but when I did go, I couldn't stop and I couldn't leave and I had to take credit cards with me. And even if I tried to leave a credit card at home or whatever, I would still, I'd get in the car, drive home, get the credit card and come back to the casino right. and, and, and play some more. You know, it was, it was that bad with me. Um, and again, I just wanted to play. And that was the thing. I just want to play. I don't even care if I win or lose. Now that all changed. That led up to, uh, we moved to Michigan here, uh, middle part of Michigan back in June of uh, 2017. And at that point, I hadn't been I hadn't been in the casino because of my my the place of employment that I was at before that I was there for five years, and I, they, again they didn't have a casino nearby. The closest casino was like an hour and twenty minutes away, right. and I wasn't driving. So I was able to you know when I'd go home to uh, to Toledo, family get-togethers, you know I would definitely play cards. We'd gamble. Um, I'd go to the casino in Toledo because at that point they had a casino there about five years ago. So what led up to really getting it out of control is we moved here to Michigan in June of 2017, and we are only uh, – the house that we have is only six minutes away from uh, one of the huge Indian casinos that's here or the uh, – you know, one, one, of the, uh, one of the Native American casinos right. that's here. And so that started to become a problem. But, again, I didn't go every day. I was like, oh, cool, they have a casino. And my <laughs> wife goes, be careful, be careful. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. I, I know what I'm doing. And over time, I didn't put stuff on credit cards. You know, it was just a little by little. I'd go once a month. And, again, I did, then I started going every couple of weeks. And then it was every week. And then I got a Players Club card. And, man, I was there, like, every other day. But I, I would go for, like, two hours at a time, you know, after work. My wife would still be at work. And it would be great. You know, I'd, I'd leave the casino at 5 o'clock knowing that she'd be home by 530. And she, wouldn't, she would be none the wiser. And it progressively got worse because then we bought a house – which is like two minutes literally from the casino. I mean, I could walk there and be there in 10 minutes. And it got, it just got out of control. My wife, um, you know, uh, her and I had a lot of uh, problems going on in our, in our marriage. We have two kids right. and we were having, we were just going through some, uh, some marriage stuff, a lot of marriage stuff going on at the time, a lot of emotional stuff and whatnot. And so I immersed myself into that as she was pulling back and pulling away and I was pulling away from her and we, it almost led to a divorce and, um, you know, um, when, when, was, you, when uh, you look back on that and without me prying too much, do you look back on that and say that the root cause of the marital stuff was the gambling and the behavior centered around gambling, like being dishonest or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would say, I would say that was, uh, 
that was probably like 80, 85 percent of it. it. And the lying, she, you know, the lying was just enough for her. She's like, I, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and there was some other stuff going on too. I got but, you. I got you. But you once, know, once, uh, once a, point, um, once a spouse recognizes that you can lie right to their face and do it repeatedly, and they catch you in those lies, you know, yeah, it's a whole nother, uh, it's a whole nother ball of wax. You wind up talking about. Because then there's a lack of trust. Like, you know, you have kids together. Can I trust you with our children? Can I trust that you're really at the supermarket? Can, you know, I trust you to do anything? And that yeah. obviously, that, that ends marriages a lot quicker than most people think. So what was the, what was that final straw that broke the back for you? Well, it was, uh, I was, um, in September 4th of 2021, I attempted suicide because I was so depressed and yeah. down. Um, I, I remember, you know, I just watched the uh, Michigan Wolverine game because I'm a huge Michigan Wolverine, you know, go right. blue. Um, so I had just watched the game, had a bunch of friends over, they left, and I just got extremely depressed. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live my life. My, you know, we didn't, we weren't, you know, we weren't going to go through the divorce. We were getting counseling. We we're trying to, you know, trying everything to save the marriage. And at that point, I was like, I just, I'm done. I just, I can't do this anymore. This thing, this, this, this addiction is so great on me. And I attempted suicide. Thank God I didn't, you know, I, it wasn't successful. Do you, do you mind me asking um, more about that as you are contemplating committing suicide? You know, the thought process in it, was it organized? Was it, uh, did you contemplate how and when and where? And do I leave a note and any of that type of stuff? Or was it? I, no, uh, it wasn't like that. It was more of, I'm just, I feel horrible today. I can't continue like this. Um, I, I, you know, again, we had marital problems that we were trying to work through and I was just like, I'm done. Um, I just can't, I can't do the marriage. I can't do life anymore. Uh, the gambling was, was definitely a, one of the driving forces behind it. And I wanted it so bad to go to the casino. Well, instead of going to the casino, I took my car the other way and I, I, I phoned a friend and I said, I want to kill myself. I'm, I'm, and I'm serious and I've never been this serious before. Um, and they met me at the park and they were able to get me to a rescue to, to get the help that I needed. Um, so did so you I actually, did, I did, so you, you, you didn't actually go through with the attempt. You verbalized to somebody that you were in a bad place, that you were going to hurt yourself in some capacity and that person saved your life. I started to hurt myself. Um, um, but I stopped because I was like, I realized I was like, you know, I need help. Um, and you know what, and, and, and in the flash of the very last second before I did what, or before I was going to, you know, take my life in the way that I was going to do it is I had a flash of my kids. This, this is what physically stopped me. I had a flash of my kids and I was like, I can't leave them behind, you know? And wow. that's, it was at that point I would go, okay, I hit rock bottom. I need to yeah. phone somebody. So I phoned some friends. They met me at the park and we talked for like three hours and then they took me to the rescue and I got the help that I needed. Um, now how I ended up in uh, GA. Let me just stop you there for one second. I just wondered just from a, a personal connection level, one of those people you called was not your wife. I assume it was not her. No. Right. So you're having marital issues. You're legitimately contemplating suicide. You're starting to hurt yourself. You have this image of your kids that pop into your brain. You're not going to do that to your kids. You call some buddies, they rush out to be with you. They take it seriously. And you go to a, a rescue place to save your life. How does your wife find out about that? If you don't mind sharing that aspect of it. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all, man. I'm an open book, man. Um, uh, she found out because they phoned her and said, this is where, this is what, you know, Hey, it's, it's so-and-so. And, um, we met right. your husband at the park and, 
you know, we, we talked to him and he was going to do this and we're taking him to the rescue. And she met, she met the, you know, she met us up there at the, uh, at the rescue. Wow. I, I, I imagine those, those friends of yours are still in your life and you're very close. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's one thing that cemented our friendships forever. All right, so what uh, we do, so you go to the the rescue place. I'm sure there's a multi day hold on you for mental health issues, and at some point, you now have the heart to heart with your wife and other people. I'm a gambling addict. I need help. I can't control it. I want to get help, and then you start the process of getting help. Uh, not excuse me, not right away. Um, I was I, I was like I'm not you know. I'm not in a place where I'm going to take my own life, but I definitely need help. So I started, I started talking to counselors and I started, I got into counseling once a week and that took, uh, that, that, that took a lot out of me, but I, I was starting to work through a lot of the problems that I was dealing with. And I had fresh up because I have a renewed faith in, in my savior, you know? Sure. Um, and this is what, this is what brought me back around. I've always been a believer in God, but this is, uh, this brought me back around, you know, to stop backsliding and to get my life straight and, and to be on the right path. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so when my life here is done, I, you know, I know where I'm going and I want people to know this, that, um, at the lowest point, at the lowest point, I did see God and, 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 you know, and it was, it was revealed to me, you need to do this. You need to get better. You need to heal. And while this is going on, my wife was going through a lot of uh, physical, um, medical issues and she ended up going to Chicago, uh, for eight weeks to get treatment for her issues. So while she was gone, that was my perfect time to take care of my kids, focus on them, focus on myself. And the counseling was more intense then. And it was um, it was during this point I was still going to the casino. This is crazy. I was going to the casino because I was so emotionally out drained. My wife is gone. I, you know, I uh, wouldn't wasn't able to talk to her, but like maybe twice a week. Uh, that was very tough. It was very tough on the kids. The stress has got to me. So while the kids were in school, I would go to the casino after work, and I would be there for a long time. And I, I gambled a lot of money. Then a fr- I, I shared it with a friend of mine. She goes, "Well, what have you thought about Gamblers Anonymous?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know." Right. But she gave she she gave me the time and date and the meeting place or whatever. And I said, you know, I said, you know, forget it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go to one meeting, hear what they have to say, mm-hmm. and if I don't like it, I'm done. So I went to a meeting uh, here in town, and um, there was like 16 people in the room, and everybody sharing their stories and whatnot. And I just thought, you know, I just opened up, and I go, look, I go, I'm, I'm done hiding. I can't do this anymore. I'm Sean. I'm, I'm a you know compulsive, you know, gambling degenerate. Right. Um, I need I need help here. And I was like, I need, I need, I need this group. And, and everybody was sharing their stories. And I was taking it in a little by little. Well, I left that. And two days later, my butt's back in a, in charity at the casino gambling again. But and, I just want people to know that is more the norm than not the norm. And I lived the same thing. I went to rehab for two weeks, had been to GA meetings. And when I got home from rehab within a couple of days, you know, I was at a casino for different reasons. I wanted to prove to myself that I didn't have a problem, and I challenged myself by leaving cash in my car, saying that if I lost the money I walked in with, I would not go to my car to get the cash that I purposely left there. And as you know, I went to my car and got the cash and gambled that away too. And that was yep. the last time I wagered because that was me proving to myself that I was out of control, that I, I couldn't actually make wise, rational you know, financial decisions around gambling. So the story a lot of you are hearing with Sean, most gamblers, the far majority, when they try to quit 
relapse before they finally get it right. So that story is very normal. So you're and, and that's, yeah, yeah, Craig, bro. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just I just want to say that that's exactly what I was trying to do that one time that I went back. Right. I was I was going ah I can do this. Watch, I don't need GA. I can do you know this is and that was my selfish pride just trying to take over and and try and, and I was trying to convince so what, myself. So for that, you, what do you think uh, was the ultimate? Um, because you know, I've struggled with this in my life. I, I've not gambled. It'll be five years coming up at the end of June. Good uh, for you, bro. Good yeah, for you. I appreciate it. And, you know, what, what I've, I'm trying to figure out, and it might be a lifelong journey. I've not yet figured it out. I can't figure out why I stopped. Because, I, you know, I'd been arrested. I'd been in trouble. I knew I was going away for a while. I had gone to rehab. I had gone to jail. All these things that... I had, uh, you know, kind of, you know, endured self-inflicted problems, I should say. I still went and gambled, and all of a sudden one day, I just said, I'm not gambling ever again, and I haven't. And I don't know why. And uh, that'll be a lifelong pursuit, I think, to figure out what clicked inside my head that allowed me to stop gambling. And I wonder for you if you have figured out what that was. No, and you know what that was because you know I was just going to say that's the exact same thing. That's the exact same way that I that I had experienced it too, um, because that that was the last time that I gambled. That was on four eleven of uh, twenty two when I went back to that casino. The next night I went back to GA for another meeting, and I surrendered my players' club card. I I, I surrendered a bunch of stuff there, and I said I am done. This is it. I, mm. I you know I came last week. I heard what everybody had to say. Uh, I had a horrible time waking it through. You know my wife still in Chicago. I'm, I'm just so distraught, you know, and I was like, I had to, I had to stop thinking of myself. And, and when I left the casino that night, um, I remember, you know, I, I'd spent 200 bucks and I was like, that, and I was like, that's it, 200 bucks and I'm out the door. And guess what? I held to it. But I also realized if this continues, I'm going to lose everything in my life. And I go, this has to stop. And I have to get serious with this. Now I got to get right with the Lord. If I can't do this now, I'll never do it. Right. And and it was at that point I drew the line in the sand, Craig, that I was like, That's I'm great. done with this stuff. And before I let you go, because we're up against it here a little bit, I just want people to hear through all the, the travails and all the, you know, the stuff that you went through, the mental health stuff, the suicide attempt, all those things you went through. Now that you've been uh, in recovery for a year, how great is life for you today? Life is to- it's, it's taking a 180, bro. Um you know, it's not perfect, but you know what? I, you know, when I get those those uh, those those urges to gamble, I know how to by going through GA and the twelve step program. I know how to combat it. I know I know you know my character flaw, uh, you know my character flaws, and I right. know how to how to deal with those. And I'm, I'm realizing I have even more. So I'm still unpacking a lifetime of of problems that led to gambling and lead to gambling. And um, but you know the one thing that they taught us in GA. And that's uh, enjoy your recovery one day at a time. You know, enjoy it yeah. because you know you're, you're, every minute that you're not at a casino or you're not gambling, you are you are being healed. And and you know, I'm I just I thank God for you know giving me a second chance at life. Really. Well, look, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I think stories like this go a very very long way to help other people understand the addiction. And for those people that might be uh, suffering with it, gives them the hope that there is an answer. There is a life after gambling. There is a life without gambling. And for people that have a loved one or that, that are going through it, you know, I think it gives them some sense of relief as well that you can conquer this disgusting addiction. I appreciate your time, Sean. And I wish you and your wife and family the very best. And hopefully one day I can return the favor. But thank you so much for coming on.
You got it, Craig, and I appreciate you and, uh, you know, your podcast and everything. And, uh, you know, people that are listening, it works if you work it, you know, and you're worth it. So, you know, one day at a time, and God bless. No doubt. And that's the key point. No, you, you cannot cure it unless you, unless you want to. No, no GA meeting, no relative, no one out there, even your higher power. You have to want to get better, and if you want to get better, you can get better. Sean, be well. Enjoy. Take care. All right, you too, brother. Thank you. All right. I know we went a little long today, but I'm really glad that Sean was able to uh, share his story with us, and I'm glad that he obviously did not go through with taking his own life. Remember, gambling addicts commit suicide at a much greater level than alcoholics and drug addicts. If you are feeling some sort of way where depression is setting in, you feel the walls are caving in and you have no outlet, please, please, please pick up the phone and call somebody, call anybody. There are people out there that love you, that are willing to help you, that can stop you from making the worst mistake you could ever make uh, in your life and in the lives of the people that truly do care about you. You got Joe Beningo coming up next. Evan and I are back Monday at 2. We uh, work towards the big Friday show at DJ's in Belmar. And a reminder, the announcement of the nominees for this year's Pulse of the People happened on Friday as well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thank you so much for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.